Hello, everyone. You're listening to Elisa Unfiltered Living Life Out Loud, the podcast. My name is Elisa curry and I am here today speaking from the heart to inspire and motivate you to be your best self. There is so much more to life than the nine to five daily grind, and I want to share all of my secrets with you. So let's get started. Another episode. Um, how are you guys doing? Good? Yes. <laughs> By the way, it's totally normal to say your answer out loud. <laughs> so just do it. Okay. How are you guys doing? <laughs> There's this one podcast that I listen to and the host, she like asks how we're doing all the time. And now I'm always like, I'm good out loud. It's pretty funny. Um, anyways, today, this is not necessarily the case for me. I can't honestly say that I'm good. I'm not bad though, it's weird. Okay, so I'm sitting here and again, I'm feeling kind of stuck. Now, I like, I feel like I've been in this stuck place for quite a while, but I think the better way to say it is that I'm out of alignment with myself. And I am quite honestly popping in and out of alignment, meaning I'm not grounded. That took me a little bit of time to figure that out, that I'm not grounded. Yoda, Adele, she helped me to see that I need to ground myself in order to get back into alignment. Now, if you follow me on Instagram and or listen to my podcast, you might have identified an underlying tone of this over the last month or two, or even three, dare I say. Um, I have mentioned that I've been bored, that I'm super busy, uh, that I feel tired, but then recharged and grounded and happy but then I'm stuck again. So it's like, it's super interesting. It's this interesting place where I'm in and out of touch with myself. Some days are super, super great. Other days are, are really, really not great. For me, being out of alignment means that I have this sense of, of discomfort in my body. I feel a stress in like my bones almost and in my mind and oftentimes for no conscious reason. And I say conscious um, because I'm totally unaware when I fall out of alignment, okay? Um, Maybe a better way to think about this is is that I'm not at peace with myself. It's a sign that I'm out of alignment. Make sense? Does anyone else have that feeling ever? Like, are you not at peace with yourself ever? That's, That's kind of where I'm at. Anyways, I, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure there are many people out there that are trying to convince themselves that they're at peace, okay? I, I don't want to be one of those people that's trying to convince myself, okay? Um, people try to convince themselves that they're grounded and that everything's all good because what would people think of me if I wasn't all good? I mean, I have to make it look like I have my shit together all the time in order for people to love me, Right? Does that resonate with anyone out there? (laughs) I can tell you one thing for sure. It resonates with me because I was one of those people. (laughs) Like for years and years, it was normal for me to be in this place, this place of discomfort where I wasn't serving myself or getting in touch with my authentic self or 
in control or able to change the narrative of my mind. So being my, my thinking, okay? It wasn't until I was in my 30s that I had this like presence of mind, these, all these aha moments and was like, I was able to bring the practice of awareness into my life. Okay, I wasn't mature enough in my 20s to even do that. And now that I'm in my 30s, it's like, wow, there's this whole other world up there. And this practice has showed me that there's maybe there's another way. And that that's super enlightening. Anyways, the bottom line is that, yes, I'm aware that I'm not in a state of peace with myself. And the message that keeps coming up or or like the words that keep popping into my mind or that keep coming up when I sit and take pause, reflecting on this is attachment or you're attached or just attached, okay? Straight up. So what does that even mean? I'm attached to what? Things, people, ideas? The answer is quite simply all of the above, I think. And so, I think the subject of attachment is what I want to speak about today. In fact, it is what I'm going to be speaking about today because it is a subject that's coming up while I'm at pause with myself and it is, it's really, it's really resonating with me right now, (laughs) bottom line. (laughs) But for the record, this is a word that has a deep meaning in my life and I'm learning about it. So no expert expertise here like this. I'm just really learning and I'm opening up and absorbing things and then putting what I've learned into practice. Okay. And what I'm learning and putting into practice in my own life is, is becoming, it's very profound. So I just want to share with, I want to share this with you because I think it's cool. And I believe that understanding your attachments in your life Like, if you understand the attachments that are in your life, maybe you'll be able to let go of struggle and drama and raise your vibration. At least that's the goal for me. Like, letting go of attachments, even just understanding what they are in the first place, is really helping me to let go and and come to a place of peace within me. So, So now, has anyone ever thought about this word as it pertains to your quality of life? or to your identity as a human being? So two different questions, (laughs) both of which at first I personally didn't have an answer to. I was like, uh, I don't know. (laughs) So, So just a little side tangent here to explain where I'm coming from. Some of you may know this about me, but I have a resistance to meditation. It's starting to change. I am shifting here. I'm figuring it out, but there is resistance there. And of course, resistance in a, is another word for fear. So yes, I'm afraid. However, I, I, I've, I've been trying to do it. So every day for at least five minutes, some days it's quite a bit longer. I take time to quote unquote, clear my mind. I focus on my breath. I focus on being present and in the moment and feel what it's like to be in my body. No thinking. The feeling has no association to words with within this time. It's, it's just a sense of being me, okay? Just the sense of being me. I do enjoy these moments fully. I feel completely at peace. I enjoy the way my body feels to simply breathe. It feels so good. 
And it's during these moments of pause that I can ask myself the tough questions. So for example, I know that being out of alignment means that I'm not at peace with myself. So there's a resistance somewhere that I need to let go of. So of late I ask myself, what is the resistance in me? And what am I resisting? So this is an exercise that I highly recommend doing. Like it can be challenging at first to keep your mind from wandering and to eliminate thought. It is the world's biggest challenge actually. That, that's the whole point to the exercise though, by the way. And yes, it is called meditation, but you can also call it tapping in or connecting to your inner self, whatever it is. I know that sometimes that word meditation freaks people out for some reason, maybe because it freaks me out. So for those of you, this is like, like taking pause. I really like that because I, I believe that that's ex the exact same intention as meditation. Also, I do recognize that there are many, many ways to meditate. And I'm just starting with my own version because this is where I am right now. <laughs> like some people go to a very spiritual place. Um, I'm not at that level of connection. I am simply able to clear my mind for like five to 15 minutes <laughs> and connect to the feeling of my body, which is wonderful. And I wanna keep building on that. And I mean, to be honest, some days my thoughts are so loud and I like, I can't even stop the voice in my mind for two seconds just to sit still. Like it tells the most incredible stories. Holy crap. On those days, the narrative of my ego and my beliefs just kick, like they keep bringing me out of the present moment. It's crazy. I go to the future. I go to the past. I, I, I'm, I'm judging people. I'm like creating all these stories in my mind. It's crazy. So meditation is fascinating to me. Like I said, I have resistance to it, but it's mainly because I'm afraid of what I might find out about myself. I'm afraid to dig deeper. There is a part of me that likes my pain and suffering and doesn't want it to go away. I know that's kind of sick, but it's true. And that's where attachment is coming into play. Now, oftentimes I have no idea what to do with this information, but other times I know where it's coming from 100%. So I sit in stillness, a message comes in one way, shape or form. Sometimes I know what it means and sometimes I have no idea. This time of late, I know where it's coming from. So when the word attachment comes into my mind, I know exactly what that means. It is my attachment to my beliefs about who I am. And that is causing my suffering and my sense of discomfort in life. And I want to get into that a little bit more, but I want to explain what exactly I mean by my attachment to my beliefs uh, first. Because I think it might be of value just to talk about attachments a bit further in general, just so that we're all on the same page uh, about what the word means, okay? Um, and for the record, this is all new to me. Well, the subject of attachment isn't exactly new to me, but understanding the level in which I am attached is. <laughs> like, I, I, hope, I hope this makes sense as it's coming out of my mouth, <laughs> but I want to explain that, uh, I want to explain what essentially I know about attachments, okay? So the knowledge around it. Um, where do we start here? Okay, so from birth, our process of domestication begins. Everyone is born into the world and they are immediately, uh, they begin to become domesticated to their environment. So depending on how you're raised, 
who raises you, where, what culture, you know, religion comes into play, moral practices we adopt. We are domesticated to our surroundings and we start to believe all of the things that we are shown and taught to be true when we're born and, and growing up. So in other words, I am who I am because I've been shown a way of life and somewhere along the way, I agreed to these things and they became my beliefs and my truths. Okay. I've spoke about this before that, you know, if I grew up in China somewhere with a different set of parents that I would likely have a very different belief on life. Or even if I grew up in a different era, this is like a really cool example. When I heard it for the first time, I was like, whoa, it really like helped me to understand this. But if I, if, if I grew up in a different time, let's say like the 1300s, my beliefs would be different because I like, I would have been through things completely different from the second I was born, okay? So growing a woman growing up in the 1300s probably didn't have the same freedoms and rights as they do now, even just on that one level, let alone what all the culture cultures were doing, uh, how we were raised to exist. It would have been completely different. So I would have learned and agreed to my role as a human in a much different way than I have in today's era, like now. So all of my attachments and agreements have shaped the this is who I am mindset. You with me? Okay. You know when you think this is who I am? Okay, so that is an attachment that you've agreed to, okay? So what I'm trying to say is that over time, as we grow up and we have experiences, we attach ourselves to people in our lives, knowledge that we learn, and ultimately our attachments become or they like morph into our sense of self. So we can't tell the difference between who we actually are and an agreement that we've made somewhere along the way. So let's look at an example of what I mean by this. When I was growing up, um, you guys probably know this, all I basically ever wanted to do was go to the Olympics. I made an attachment to this idea and I worked really hard every single day to achieve this status, the status of Olympian, okay? So I became so attached to the idea of being an Olympian that I placed my identity within it. So it started off as me being a regional athlete, then provincial, then national team. Ooh, that's a little bit better. Then national champion, then World Cup gold medal winning athlete. So these titles I, I gave me, like the titles that I gave myself and that others gave me um, made my attachment get stronger and stronger or, or so it seemed. Okay. The idea of being an athlete and becoming an Olympian became who I was, who I am. And God forbid that anyone challenge me on this. Okay. I would defend my titles because I believed them to be part of myself. And like the worst case scenario would be if this thing, like my attachment, this belief, this idea ever went away. It would be the worst. Now, at the time, I was not aware that this was happening. In fact, like I said earlier, most of my life, I've been unaware of my attachments. And that's why for years and years, I placed myself in the comfort zone of living, you know, just as a high performance athlete in high performance sport. 
In other words, I felt comfortable and secure with this attachment. It was what I knew and I believed it to be part of myself. But like all things, change is inevitable. Everything in life eventually changes and this is when we can reflect and figure out how deep our attachments truly are. So when my Olympic status changed, oh boy, how did I react? <laughs> well, it was, it was not great. <laughs> um, my sense of self, my identity was lost. Uh, I, had, I had confused this external belief, this idea of being an Olympian with who I am, with um, who I am as a human being. So even the thought of it going away threatened my sense of self. And, and when it inevitably did go away, I thought my life was over. Okay. Now this case might seem extreme because it was, and there are many levels of attachment. I was essentially a fanatic with my obsession to go to the Olympics. And when it was no longer my path, I lost control. So I didn't know what would remain of me. And like this, this was very deep, very powerful. It was a very deep and very powerful attachment that I spent several years building and believing in. So to no surprise that I went into a very deep and very powerful depression. I basically gave up on life. I, I didn't leave my house for over six weeks, six weeks. I started drinking heavily, eating nonstop, just treating my body with so much disrespect. I've mentioned this before. So this, this is all, this is my reaction. Okay. Like, wow, that's insane. Now, looking back on this experience, I can fully appreciate the mindset I was in. Reflecting on this time helps me to learn and relearn a lot about myself and how I let my attachment rule and control my well-being. So I made a lot of decisions about my life following this, this one thing, right? That was not in the best interest of my well-being. That's what I, that's what I mean by that. Now, if we take a step back here a little bit, because the example I gave you was like a massive attachment, like sort of like an extreme end. I want to paint a picture of what um, it would possibly look like without the attachment of being an Olympian. So if you, if we continue with this theme, uh, think about this. So you're watching the Olympics. Non-attachment would be to sit and enjoy the sport. Uh, you wouldn't care who wins or loses. You would just be able to sit and watch people perform and you could walk out of the room and continue on with your life without ever thinking about the Olympics again. Okay. Now I'm sure some of you listening right now feel this exact same way about the Olympics. You have no attachment to it whatsoever. It doesn't mean anything to you. So you can sit, you can enjoy, you can watch, you can experience your life without conditions about what you're actually watching. Other people listening may have varying degrees of attachment. So Don Miguel Ruiz Jr. wrote a book. It's a fabulous book. It's called The Five Levels of Attachment. And in this book, it's okay. So I got this book about two years ago and I read it cover to cover in like one day. I did learn some things about it, but recently since the word attachment has been coming up, I read it again and he actually like, explains exactly that the five levels um there's five levels 
to, uh, that help, you know, create some clarity and awareness around what level in particular you might be in over a certain subject, belief or experience or whatever. Really good book. Highly recommend you read it if you're interested in this topic. Uh, it's, it's, it's a great read. Now, uh, I will reference him a little bit later, I think, but for now, let's go back. Um, cause I, I will kind of talk about the five levels, not really, but just to go deeper in the levels to, and referencing the Olympics again, um, as you become more and more attached to something like the Olympics, you might start to root for your country or certain players. Okay. Um, essentially you have a preference. You might start to wear their colors or their uniforms, right? Maybe after you watch an event, you're disappointed about the outcome. Like you actually get upset about what happens in the game or the match. So it affects your well-being. You begin to have like a favorite team, a favorite player. Uh, maybe you continue to talk about how upset you are once the event is over entirely. You leave the room and you're, you're bringing that energy with you. You're continually continuing to talk about it. You're internalizing the results. In some cases, the outcome or like performance affects your self-worth. Or maybe you're embarrassed and believe that that person or country made you look bad. Maybe you like completely take the, the sport personally. Do you see where I'm going with this? <laughs> like I said before, I was a fanatic. I worshiped sport. I believed that winning gold actually made me a better person. I believed that what happened on the slopes said everything about me. Like high performance sport was me. I was high performance sport. There was no separation. Isn't that interesting? Isn't that an interesting way to look at it all? I, I, yeah, it's, it is, it is interesting, Elisa. Thank you. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Looking at the world and more specifically at my life through this lens of my attachment has, has, has been a bit overwhelming, but entirely life transforming. Now, when doing this, it's funny how the egotistic mind starts to convince you that you're not attached <laughs> and immediately starts to defend your beliefs. Remember that any hint of change threatens that comfort zone and, and, and the mind will immediately steer you away. It will defend or will make you change the subject. And that's sort of the stage I'm at right now with facing some new attachments or maybe, maybe there's some old ones like presenting themselves differently to me. Actually, I want to talk about that because it's crazy because once I become aware of an attachment that I've made, then I can work on healing myself and letting go. But then if I find myself in a new situation or I'm having a new experience or there are a new set of circumstances, my natural reaction is to just do what I've always done. Okay. Take it personally, go back to that attachment react by internalizing, making everything about me and my self-worth. And this goes back to being out of alignment. And I, I need to be grounded so that I can pause, so that I can take a breath, take pause and change the pattern. Without pause, I will do what I've always done. In new cases, things might look different, but I always bring back old shit it's what I know and it comes back. So I need to pause, recognize it, 
be aware of it and change the direction. Okay. So I hope that that sort of explains what I mean about all like being attached a little bit better. Uh, you guys can ask me questions if you want about this because I'm also learning about it. So feel free to DM me or anything like that. Like our attachments are, are why we take things personally. Okay. Our attachments are why we take things personally. I too am learning more and more about this every day. I honestly don't know how attached I am to what I know, like my knowledge or my beliefs or something outside of myself. I don't actually know. Awareness is helping me and that's why I'm excited about this. Just a different way to look at it. I'm excited about it. I'm excited because there's freedom in letting go. That's the goal. Freedom of the mind, freedom of the stress and anxiety, just being present is free. It's freeing. Like, let me, let me just ask you guys a question. Here's another interesting question. Has, uh, has anyone ever, has anyone out there ever been told to just let it go? Okay. So something happens or a scenario and someone gives you advice and they're like, let it go. Just let it go, bud. You know, let this one go. Okay. Like letting go is something easy to do. <laughs> I've been told to let it go hundreds of times, if not thousands. And it's interesting because when someone says it, I do one of two things. The first thing, and maybe this is the more positive reaction, is 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 I say, thanks. Uh, because I just sort of snap out of all the drama and the bad feelings and I realize that I don't actually care about what's happening and I can let it go. There's no attachment to it. I can let it go. The second reaction is that I'm just like, what the hell do you know? You know, in my mind, I, 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 I start to defend my, my attachment to whatever the circumstance is, is being threatened. So I need to lash out and defend my identity, my knowledge and my beliefs, because seriously, like that is who I am, right? You know, what the hell do you know? So when someone says, let it go and I'm attached to it, I can't, I get mad or I think, you don't understand me or you have no idea what I'm going through. Well, maybe that person doesn't know, but that's not the point. The point is, is that when you are feeling this way, when I'm feeling this way or I'm feeling threatened, I have made an attachment. Get it? Sometimes we let go of our awareness and we increase our attachments to a specific idea or belief. It becomes stronger. When we let go of awareness, we, it gets stronger. Other times we remember to be aware. We remember our authenticity and we're able to let go of the attachment. It's like, oh, and it just kind of drifts away. So, so maybe it would be a good exercise for everyone to take a second and reflect on the last time they defended themselves. Maybe this, this you know what, this could literally be for anything. Um, Someone said something to you, did something, you got, you had a change in your work, in your, in your relationship status, like any type of change, um, uh, where you felt like you needed to defend yourself. This exercise is not meant to do anything except bring awareness to something in the near past for the purpose of reflection. I know, I know I've made an attachment when I need to defend my sense of self. Okay. I feel that. I don't necessarily know what the attachment is all the time. I, I, but I know that I have to argue for it. I have to be right or justify. I know that I've made an attachment when 
fear of change takes over me. Like, trust me, I hate change. Any little tiny change at work even, I'm just like, it gets to me. I don't know why, because I like straight and narrow. I don't like when things go off the path. I mean, I'm easily adaptable. Like, I adapt easy, but man, it takes something in me to let it go. <laughs> trust me, I'm afraid of change. I recognize this in myself fully. I'm attached to many things, and I'm learning that these things control my life. They're controlling my well-being. Uh, that is what I'm recognizing needs to change, right? I don't want to be controlled by this. It's not a good feeling in me. It's pulling me out of alignment, okay? And I am actually in a... I, I'm happy that I'm at this place where I can recognize this because I know there's a lot of people that aren't able to even understand this concept and they're not in that place that they want change for themselves. Like I'm afraid of change, but I want change for myself and I'm going through the process of doing that. So this brings me to today and why I'm talking about attachment and why I'm so out of alignment and why are, why Oh, are my attachments causing me so much suffering right now? Well, it all comes back to my sense of self-worth. What, like, what else is new? <laughs> Instead of filling my own cup, I have started to look to others to do this particular job. And there are a few specific examples of this that are causing me to question my self-worth again. And this is sort of bleeding into all areas of my life. So... When I said that I knew exactly what the word attachment meant when it came up in meditation, this is what I meant by it. And now, like, all of a sudden, I'm feeling a bit vulnerable here. <laughs> but okay, I'm going to put it out there. Um, I have attached my personal identity or my sense of self to two things that I can recognize right now. The first one is um, the idea that success will bring me happiness and the next one is that it's the belief that I am unlovable so the success one is interesting because it's sort of a version of the entire Olympic saga okay or at least it relates in my brain in the same sort of way it's like um, the same lesson presenting itself a little bit differently I'm competitive and for some reason um, have been attaching a level of success to the things I'm doing. So, so, so this mainly pertains to my job or should I say in my jobs, my main work is in social media. So I help small businesses with their social strategies. I manage social pages. I consult with companies and individuals. All of that's great. Um, I also work part-time in a restaurant. So like I, I'm working a lot of hours in the week. Um, but in addition to that, I have some personal jobs. I blog and I have this podcast. So those two things aren't exactly income producing, but they are work. And that is where my lines are crossing. Like, I don't feel successful because I don't feel like my passion projects are of value. <laughs> or I'm questioning their value. And that is in turn questioning who I am. So I've attached myself to the idea that I am this podcast and that's, that its success or failure is a direct reflection of who I am as a person. Okay, so I don't 
I'm not looking for like pity or anything. I'm actually giving like a real life example of, of what I'm feeling in this moment. Like I know there are so many like amazing people who have messaged me and have shared their life experiences. I've had a couple people come into the restaurant and like I've, uh, I've met them and I've hugged some real like fans out there that love the podcast and like that's super rewarding. But then all of a sudden, like I just feel like it's, it's, I don't know, these, these thoughts creep in, right? And then they challenge my self-worth. <laughs> and, and this wasn't always the case. My level of attachment has grown deeper since the beginning. For example, in the beginning, I just started the show because of my love for coaching and sharing, and I want to connect with like-minded people and inspire others to see life from a different perspective. I don't know why it's changed and why I've placed my identity into it instead of just sticking with that and, and sharing and coaching and you know, continuing with that authenticity, that authentic belief. Well, I guess, I guess it's still the case on many levels, but there are like new levels. I've attached myself to, I've attached my sense of self to the success or failure of the show. So when a particular episode doesn't get many downloads, for example, I see that as a personal failure and then I like beat myself up. <laughs> yeah. This is not exactly easy for me to admit either, but I'm trying to give some perspective because I think it's important to share stuff like this because we're all going through it at some level. And maybe me pointing out my little things will help you to figure out what your little things are. Because identifying them and becoming aware of that, like aware of them is the first step to make change. Now, the unlovable one is substantially deeper. <laughs> there are many layers to it. Uh, but that one keeps coming up. Um, and it's kind of showing up these days as how, how people are paying attention to me. Okay. Who is paying attention to me? I want certain people to pay attention to me. And when they don't, I go directly into this. Nobody cares about me victim mode. It's really bad. Uh, so in other words, if someone isn't giving me the attention I'm looking for, then my sense of self is threatened. Like, holy frig, this sounds so crazy coming out. Like seriously, but it's true. Okay. Anyways, I don't like, I, I, <laughs> I don't necessarily want to go any deeper with it, with this, other than to say that my reaction, my defense to the attachment, um, the, to the attachment changing essentially is, 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 is to bully myself. So in other words, I go into victim mode. Thankfully, I become aware when the victim comes into my life very quickly. I become aware of this very quickly and I'm able to shift my way of thinking. Okay. I recognize that the victim is not real. That voice is simply my conditioning. It is not who I am. It is all just part of my domestication and what I've agreed upon growing up. So... With all of this, what do I do with this information? <laughs> Why are attachments bad? Are they bad? You know, well, they're not bad. Nothing's bad. It just is. However, if your well-being is, is being affected and you want to live a happier and more joyful life filled with self-love and appreciation, then it's important to look at your attachments and how they are controlling you. This is the path I'm on. So I, I, I want to reference that book. 
um, by Don Miguel Ruiz Jr., The Five Levels of Attachment. Uh, and I'm going to read a little blurb about what he says um, about what to do. Okay, so what do we do? This is Don Miguel Ruiz Jr.'s advice from the book, The Five Levels of Attachment. Uh, okay. The challenge I have for you is to change your agreement, to see yourself as a perfect human being and to realize that there is no object, idea, or knowledge that you need to be complete. You are perfect because you are alive in this present moment, transforming continuously in life. If we can see ourselves as perfect just the way we are, because we are alive at this moment, we are free. Our attachments no longer define us. Instead, the knowledge we gather becomes a tool that can help us decide how we want to engage in dreams, the personal and collective dreams, and how to choose to act, and excuse me, and how we choose to act is the manifestation of our intention. Okay, so that's the challenge he has. Love it. I read this as saying that the answers lay in my ability to live in the present moment and to connect to my authenticity and to remember that I was born a perfect little baby and detaching myself from knowledge. If I, okay, as a perfect little baby, if I detach myself from all the things I learned growing up, I remain a perfect human being. Everything in me is alive, beautiful and complete. It is only the knowledge and attachments I have made growing up that tell me otherwise. Okay, does that make sense? Those things are not true. They're conditional. Do you get it? They're conditional by how I was raised and who I was raised and where. Get it? So, so my focus for the summer and beyond is to continue to recognize my levels of attachment and recognize the thought that follows. I have a voice. I can use that voice to judge and victimize myself, or I can use it to love, appreciate, and take pause. This is my choice. Okay, everyone, that's all for today. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to support the show, please donate to my Patreon account. The link is in my Instagram bio and in the show notes. Your support means the world to me and will help me to continue on this journey to becoming a full-time podcaster. Thank you all once again for listening. Have a lovely day. Until next time.